Okay, all right. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to our uh, weekly Bible study. I'm glad you could make it. I'm glad you could join me and everyone in our online community. Thank you so much for for um, being here. It's always a an awesome privilege to be doing God's work and and to serve to serve His people. Before we begin. Um, Let's say, let's say a prayer, shall we? Father God, thank you, Lord, for for today's uh, today's time, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us, Lord God, uh, the time and space, Lord God, to study your word, Father God. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray that you forgive us of our sins, Lord God. We ask this so that you can you cleanse us and that so we can hear clearly from you, Holy Spirit. Please speak to us tonight, Lord God, as we study your word. Father God, I pray uh, for for uh, people in in uh, Southern California right now with the, with the heavy rains, Lord. It may not be a big deal to to other people. It may not be such a heavy rain, but but it is pretty slippery out there on the freeways. Please help us to keep us safe, Lord. Please open our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Please use me as an inter- instrument of Your Word. Let my words not be my words. Let them be Your words, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so today, um, if you haven't already gotten your notes, it's down there in the description part of the video. It's free to download. I made them just for you guys uh, so you can follow along uh, when, when we're doing the lessons. So go ahead and click that and you'll have a PDF copy of this, okay, of our, of our notes. And today we're going to be doing Matthew 22, 15 to 22. Okay, so paying the imperial tax to Caesar. I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. Okay, um, so I'll go ahead and start. Matthew twenty-two fifteen to 22. Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, You hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me the coin used for paying the tax. They brought him a denarius, and he asked them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, So give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed. So they left him and went away. So let's go back to to the very first verse that we just read, and let's try to go bit by bit on this, okay? So verse 15, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. Now, look at that. They laid plans. Now, let's check out what Proverbs 21 verse 30 says. Okay, let's go that. Let's go there real quick. Proverbs 21 verse 30. Okay, so Proverbs 21 verse 30 says, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. So, it it makes me so confident, you know, reading that and looking at this verse right now is no matter how much, you know, people plan, 
you know, against against God, you know, to thwart God's plans. No matter even the devil himself, no matter how much he plans. I've read, by the way, the end of the Bible, you know, we win because of God. So I'm very confident that no plan against him will ever, ever win. God always wins no matter what. So verse 16, they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Now, who were the Herodians? Okay, so over here in your notes, in your handy-dandy notes, um, let's take a look at that. Okay, so I've I've placed here all uh, the different types of uh, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders that you will find in Jesus' time. So let's go go through it bit by bit, okay? So prominent Jewish religious and political groups during Jesus' time. Okay, first one is the Pharisees. Um, Pharisees, you know, I, I also list down there where you can find them, Matthew 5.20, Matthew 23. For the purpose of uh, people listening to the podcast, which I'm also recording at the same time that I'm doing this, um, I will also put a link on the uh, podcast somewhere there. I'm still trying to find out where I can do that. But I'm going to read out so that, you know, people in the podcast can also listen to what we have here on the notes, but I'll, I'll soon have those notes available just for you guys listening on the podcast as well. So for the Pharisees, you can find them in Matthew 5.20, Matthew 23, verse 1 to 36, Luke 2, Luke 7, 36 to 47. Okay, so the Pharisees are basically a strict group of religious Jews who advocated obedience to the most minor portions of the Jewish law and traditions, very influential in the synagogues. Now, a synagogue is uh, basically like a little church back then. Uh, how the synagogues came about was you have to have at least 10 Jewish families to make a synagogue. Now, if you remember way back when, okay, when uh, it was King David, so it was is like a full Israel, right? King David ruled Israel. And then his son came along, uh, King Solomon ruled whole Israel. But after Solomon, it was split into two, basically uh, Judah and, and Israel. And so then uh, during that time, there were other empires that came over and took Assyria. And then Babylon came. When Babylon came, they took the best and brightest, most influential people of, of Israel and took them and placed them in, in, in Babylon for exile. Uh, to turn them into, you know, little Babylonians, to Babylonialize them, basically. Um, and then from there, that took many, many years, okay? And so now after the, the Babylonians came the Persian Empire. Now the Persian Empire were okay with, with, you know, with Christianity. So they said, okay, go ahead, you know, come back uh, to Israel, you know, you can worship your God here. And so people, Israelites now, who were, you know, raised in, in uh, you know, all, all their lives been in, was in in Babylon. They already have their own custom, their way of, you know, um, worshiping. You know, basically, obviously, they didn't have a temple there, so they had their like little little churches. You know, when they come back to Israel, yes, they have the temple, but since they already have this, you know, they've gone accustomed to having little churches. They set up their own little churches, and one of the rules was you had to have ten families to make a synagogue. And then you'll have a teacher of the law there, basically teaching them about the law. <laughs> it's a no-brainer, right? Um, and so the temple, they don't have to walk all the way to the temple because, you know, back then they didn't have cars or bicycles, you know, no Uber. You can't Uber to the temple. Uh, so they have, um, they, they just have, they have to walk to the temple. And obviously it's not great to, you know, walk 
especially when you know they didn't have any Nikes back then either. You know, they only had sandals, so it's just easier to put up a little church near where they lived. Okay, so so that's how the synagogues came about. Now the Pharisees it says here I, I put there they were very influential in the synagogues because a lot of the the Pharisees were also rabbis, you know, teachers. Okay, so their agreement with Jesus was they have respect for the law, belief in the resurrection of the dead, they believe in the resurrection, and committed to obeying God's will. So they were good with that. Disagreement with Jesus, they rejected Jesus' claim to be Messiah because he did not follow all their traditions and associated with notoriously wicked people. So just like any anybody back then, you know, their idea of a Messiah was someone who was like a, a chief of the army, you know, has a big army who will overthrow the Roman Empire and, you know, free the people, you know, someone grand, you know, they didn't expect Jesus. And, you know, they didn't expect someone who who would associate with, with the poor, help out the poor, you know, associate with, with the wicked, you know, minister to them, you know, they didn't expect that kind of person. And so now next one, there's the Sadducees. Sadducees, you can find them in Matthew 3, 7, Matthew 16, 11 to 12, uh, chapter 16, verse 11 to 12, and Mark 12, 18. Now, the Sadducees were wealthy, upper-class Jewish priestly party, okay? Rejected the authority of the Bible beyond the five books of Moses. So let's stop there for a second. So they, the, the Sadducees were wealthy. They, they did business at the temple. Remember the clearing of the temple? Okay, the Sadducees had a big part of that because it made money. They took advantage of people coming to church and made money out of them, big money. And so the Sadducees were wealthy, um, they were also part of now back then there's this uh, there's this thing called the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish uh, Jewish high council. So you know over here we have a Supreme Court and uh, back then they had a Supreme Court as well, but they also have a Jewish high council, which is like a, a religious court of law, something like this. So the the um, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they made up the Sanhedrin. There were about 70 members to be included in there. And remember last week, we talked about um, uh, having authorization to do ministry. So that was it. You have to be included in the Sanhedrin to do ministry work. You have to be authorized to do ministry work. So Pharisees, Sadducees, they were included in this um, in this Sanhedrin. Okay. So now they profited from business in the temple and they rejected the authority of the Bible beyond the five books of Moses. Now, back then, they had the Hebrew Bible, okay? Obviously, it's just the, the Old Testament because obviously the New Testament was still being, was still happening, okay? It was still happening. So they don't have the New Testament yet. Now, the Bible, like I always say, was Old Testament was written in Greek, New Testament, uh, sorry, Old Testament written in in Hebrew, New Testament written in Greek, okay, but they don't have the New Testament yet because it's still happening. So they still had, they just only had the, the the old Old Testament, which is called the Tanakh, okay. Tanakh is just a, a verbal a verbal. Um, it's a pronunciation abbreviation of the Ta part is the Torah, which is the the five books of Moses. Um, uh, Exodus, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, so the, those are the five books of Moses. 
And then the na part of the Tanakh is is called Nevi'im. Okay, Nevi'im is is basically the prophets, you know, like Samuel and so on. The, those are included in those in those books. Now, uh, the the Tanakh, the ka part is Ketuvim. Ketuvim is writings. Okay, and uh, writings which includes Proverbs, the Psalms, and and so on. So, all of that make up the Tanakh. Now, for these guys, you know, they only believe in the first five books, which is the top part, which is the Torah, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier, but yeah, that's 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 the only part they believe. Everything else they rejected. Jesus himself they rejected, obviously. So agreement with Jesus, they showed great respect for the five books of Moses as well as the sanctity of the temple. They disagreed with Jesus because they denied the resurrection of the dead. Now, see the the resurrection of how 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 you gonna remember that is they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. That's why they were sad, you see. Sadducees, get it? No? <laughs> they were sad, you see? Okay, anyway. So that's how you kind of remember it. Um, so they, along with the Pharisees, I've mentioned before, were one of the two parties of the Jewish High Council, the Sanhedrin. Okay, so that those were the Sadducees. Now, next one is teachers of the law. Teachers of the law, you find them in Matthew 7.29, Mark 2.6, and Mark 2.16. Okay, and teachers of the law were professional interpreters of the law. These are the guys you find in, in the synagogues. Who especially emphasized the traditions. Many teachers of the law were Pharisees. Okay, and they agreed with Jesus in these aspects. They have respect for the law, they be, the belief in the resurrection of the dead, and committing to obeying God's will. They disagreed with Jesus, denied Jesus' authority, to reinterpret the law, rejected Jesus as Messiah because he did not obey all their traditions. Didn't it say in the Bible that because of traditions, people don't want to let go of their traditions because of that? They don't see the truth? Yeah, this is it. Okay, next one is Herodians. Okay, Herodians, you find it in Matthew twenty two sixteen. We're reading about it right now. Mark 3, 6 and Mark twelve thirteen. Now, Herodians were a Jewish political party of King Herod's supporters. Their agreement with Jesus is unknown exactly, but in the Gospels, they tried to trap Jesus with questions and plotted to kill him. This agreement with Jesus is afraid of Jesus causing political instability. They saw Jesus as a threat to their political future at a time when they were trying to regain some Rome, from Rome some of their lost political power. Now, we don't know exactly much of, a lot about the Herodians, but we know this. They're Jewish people supporting Herod. Okay, support, supporting the people who they are subjected to. So we know that you know, they're not just supporting him just for whatever. We're pretty sure they're getting some kind of kickbacks, you know, some, some kind of free stuff, you know, some, some privileges, some kind of power for supporting the, you know, the, the Herod himself. And they don't, they don't specifically say it, but, you know, common sense. Okay, so zealots, zealots. Luke 6.15 and Acts 1.13 is where you find them. So they are fiercely dedicated group of Jewish patriots determined to end Roman rule in Israel. They agreed with Jesus in this, concerned about the future of Israel, believed in the Messiah, but did not recognize Jesus as the one sent by God. They disagreed with Jesus, believed that the Messiah must be a political leader who would deliver Israel from Roman occupation. Okay, a lot of them believe that. That's what they think, you know. When when uh, when the prophets prophesied about, you know, the Messiah about overthrowing, okay, 
what that actually meant was overthrowing the sins of our hearts, you know, and Jesus reigning in our hearts forever. And then in the, in, when Jesus comes back again, he will reign forever. That's what the Messiah, I mean, the, the prophets meant. The people misinterpreted that and thinking that, you know, he he's going to be like a soldier and there's going to be like a physical war between the Messiah and, and the Romans, something like this, you know, which wasn't, you know, it was in the heart and then Jesus' second coming reigning in, in you know, forever and ever. Now, the, the essence, I still can't, I can't, you know what, once and for all, let me just find out how to pronounce this. Is it essence, essence, et, you know what, Google's going to help me out on this one. Okay, so and some of you probably think knowing like, oh, this is how you pronounce it. Let me hear it right now. Essene. Essene. Okay, thank you, Google. Essene. Okay, so Essene. Okay, you don't see them in the Bible. Basically, they're a Jewish monastic group. Okay, so basically, the Essene are um, uh, people. Their main job back then was to copy the the, the Bible, the the Hebrew Bible. You know, just copy, 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 make copies. And then store them and make sure they're intact and everything. You know that that was their job. Um, you may not know a lot about the Essene. Like, thank you, Google, uh, telling me how to pronounce that. But you may know about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay, well, the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered along the Dead Sea. Um, two boys were playing, as what I've heard, okay, as what I've read. Two boys were playing and they were throwing stones or whatever. And then I guess one of them landed by a cave and then they went inside the cave, discovered there were jars. When they opened it, it was the scrolls. You know, that's why it's called the Dead Sea Scrolls now. But the scrolls were basically the copies that were made by these guys, okay? Now, some of the the, the, the scriptures that, you know, that the people had before they found the Dead Sea Scrolls were, you know, they were, they were good, but there were some things that were torn, damaged, you know, so there were some doubts about this and that, you know. And so now when they found the, the Dead Sea Scrolls in, in the jars, they were intact and they were, they were, all, they were untouched. Of course, there was some, you know, wear and tear, you know, but they were good. You can read it, you know, it was pretty much intact. They were kept well and there were copies of it. They weren't just, it wasn't just in one cave. The archaeologists came, you know, and, and they discovered 11 more caves, you know, copies of these Dead Sea Scrolls. And, um... So that, that was that was basically their job. Okay, so here, agreement with Jesus, they emphasize justice, honesty, commitment, disagreement with Jesus, they believe ceremonial rituals made them righteous. Okay, so anyway, going back to our text. So verse 16, they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. So my point in all of this is that there were many different groups, okay? They were different in their goals, you know, they, they had their different beliefs, but they all came together, right? Especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, okay, and, and the teachers of the law. They came together just to get rid of Jesus, okay? They, you know, I've said this before, they, they were what's going on back then. You know, people came to them, you know, they were important, and now Jesus comes along, and now it's threatening you know, their, their popularity and their, their political hold and power. And they didn't like that. So they needed to get rid of Jesus. So even though they have their different beliefs, you know, whether it's, it's political or, or spiritual or whatever, you know, they got, they, they that, lay that all aside just to get rid of this, you know, this, this guy named Jesus. That's, that's what their aim was, get rid of this guy. So every time Jesus would say something, you try to catch him like, ah, boom, he said that. We're, we're getting rid of you. Now we can sue you. 
you know, whatever whatever Jesus did, they would try to catch him. Or they would try to say something to him to get him to say the words so that they could arrest him for that. And that's exactly what they're doing here. So they asked him, teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then. Now, you see what they did here? They try to they try to flatter Jesus, okay, to put him off guard. They flatter him first to put him off guard, and then they sprang to their question. Yeah, they say all these sweet little things to him. They even called him teacher. Teacher, and then boom, tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? Now, what is imperial tax? Imperial tax is a special tax you know, on subject people, not the Roman citizens. So basically it was for the Jews, okay? Jews alone had to pay imperial tax. That is different. That is on top of the regular tax that they still have to pay. So now they're trying to trap him. Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? So if Jesus says no, the Herodians will go, Aha, uh-huh, there you go. We can catch you now for treason. We're going to tell the Roman government that you're telling the people that it's not right to pay their imperial taxes. If Jesus says, no, it's not right. If Jesus says, yes, it's right to pay your imperial taxes, the Pharisees are going to come in and tell them, oh, look at you now. You're not being nationalist. You're for the Roman government. Now we can take you. So whether Jesus says yes or no, either way, they're still going to try, they're still going to get him. So they try to craft it in a way where whether he says, yes, we'll get him. No, we'll get him. So then but look at what Jesus, Jesus answers. But Jesus, knowing their evil intent. That is so cool because, okay, if this was really an innocent question, you know, from someone who was sincerely wanting an answer, who sincerely in their heart want to know, Jesus, is it right to pay imperial taxes? I'm pretty sure Jesus would have answered them, you know, straight up. But it wasn't sincere. Their question had an evil intent. And Jesus knew that. And how many, Jesus knew it was a trap. And Jesus is smart. Okay, he knows everything. Um, he knows that that they weren't just trying to, you know, find out if it's, if it's right or not. They just want to trap him. So he tells them, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Now, hypocrites here in Greek, because the New Testament was written in Greek, okay, the Greek word for hypocrites is hypocriti from the word hypocrinomai. Okay, I struggled there. I always struggle in Greek. My Greek is never right. But anyway, the meaning of that, whatever I just said, it means an actor a stage actor, a play actor, someone who goes on stage and plays the part, an actor. That's exactly what Jesus calls them. Show me the coin used for paying the tax. So they brought him a denarius and he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Now, the Caesar they're talking about here, this is Tiberius Augustus Caesar, okay? Now, if you're wondering who this guy is, okay, now you remember Julius Caesar? Okay, so Julius Caesar, he actually started the Roman Empire. He kind of kind of founded the Roman Empire. It used to be Roman Republic, okay? Roman Republic then became Roman Empire, and he appointed his son, Augustus Caesar, 
to become the first emperor. Okay, now Augustus Caesar's sister, some of you may know, is Cleopatra. Okay, anyway, going back to Augustus Caesar. So Augustus Caesar has a, had a son, and he appointed him as next uh, a ruler of the empire. And this is this guy, Tiberius Augustus Caesar. Okay, so that's that's basically the grandson of Julius Caesar. Now, just a side note, if you're wondering, okay, so the emperor was um, Tiberius Caesar Augustus. And so where does Pontius Pilate and King Herod play, stand in all of this? Okay, so here's how it goes. Uh, Emperor Tiberius, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, it's like a, it's confusing me. Okay, so this guy, Caesar, Tiberius Augustus Caesar was the emperor. Okay, and then you have Pontius Pilate, who was like the the, gov the governor. Okay, let's think of it that way, like the governor. I'm not a historian, but I'm just giving you like the quick facts, okay? So this guy, um, Pontius Pilate, he's like, he's like the governor, right? And then so Herod, King Herod, is not the Herod, the Herod here in Jesus' time right now in the crucifixion and so on. This is Herod Antipas, okay? Herod Antipas, not Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the guy involved during Jesus' birth, okay? King Herod's son is Herod Antipas. Herod Antipas was the one involved in the crucifixion of Jesus, okay? So right now, at this time, it's Emperor Tiberius Caesar, and then you have Pontius Pilate, and then you have Herod Antipas, okay? Herod Antipas was the ruler of Galilee, okay? Now, some of you might ask, well, how come during the, the trial of Jesus, Pontius Pilate gives Pontius Pilate, uh, Pontius Pilate gives Jesus to King Herod. Why is that? Well, simply because a lot of um, activities, Jesus' ministry, a lot of the things that he did were concentrated in Galilee. And since Herod was the ruler of Galilee, it was out of respect that Pontius Pilate gave Jesus to, to Herod. Like, hey, look, all the stuff he did was mostly concentrated in Galilee. So there, you go deal with him. Okay. So that's just a as a side note, okay. Now going back, a denarius, okay. A denarius is a basically it's a daily wage, okay. And let's go to Matthew twenty verse two. We'll see. We'll see there. Matthew twenty verse two. Okay, Matthew twenty verse two. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. So a denarius is a full day's wage. Okay, now. Um, some are saying that uh, Roman soldiers get a denarius a day too. So anyway, so so that's what the denarius is. Now the coin was issued by Tiberius Caesar. On the one side of the coin, it has his face on it, his image on it. Okay, it has his image on it, and the other side of the coin has his inscription on it. And the inscription on it basically says, Emperor. Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of the divine Augustus. So he has his inscription, then he has his image on it. Now, just like the coin, even though we are worth more than a gazillion coins, okay, God's image is on us, okay? And we see that in Matthew. I wrote it down on your notes. Okay, so let's go to your notes. Okay, so Genesis 1, 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. 
male and female, he created them. You know, when the Bible says something once, it's important. Everything is important in the Bible. When the Bible says something more than once, it's really important. Okay, so look at this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them second time. So he, he repeats it that we have we have the image of God. It's just like the coin. You know, again, we're more we're worth more than the a gazillion coins. So so here we see that God has his image on us, and at the same time, he has his, ins his inscription on us in our hearts. So just like how Tiberius Caesar made, by the way, side note, I forgot to say this. The coin that Tiberius Caesar made, okay, he issued that for the people to pay their taxes. It's supposed to be given back to him, okay? So in the same way, even though we are, again, I keep saying this, we're worth more than a gazillion coins, God's image is on us and his inscription is written in our hearts. His image is on us because we are to give ourselves back to him as well. How do we give ourselves back to him? Now, you know, it can be in finances. Yes, by tithes, that is a very big part of it. That is important. It's in the Bible. Give your tithes to your local church or the church you attend to. That's an important part of giving back. But it's not just that. That's a big part of it, but it's not just that. It's also our talents, uh, the gifts that he has given us. You know, we, we use it to give back to him. Our careers, we give back to him. We give back to him in our relationships by doing good in our relationships, our friendships, and so on. Basically, everything. How do you give back? Well, simple as this. The talents and, and the gifts, you use it for his glory to bear good fruits. Okay. Now, the the career, whenever you get you do good at your job or you, you get a promotion or whatever, or people praise you, hey, great job on that. Give the glory back to God. You know, take that career, dedicate it to the Lord. You know, in a relationship, take that relationship, dedicate it back to the Lord. He will bless it. Okay, so that's, we have God's image and we need to give back to God. He, we have his inscription in our hearts as well. We belong to God. We need to give back to God. Okay, now since again, we bear the image of God, we are also his representatives since we bear his image. You know, I'm reminded of, um, I was I was born in in the Philippines and raised in Hong Kong and you know in Asia and, and a lot of our international viewers know this that kids from nursery to kindergarten to um, grade school to high school they all wear uniforms you know representing their school now if some of them you know misbehave in public especially the high school students okay. When some of them misbehave in the public, they 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 kind of stain the name of their school because they're wearing their uniform. So it gives their school a bad rep. Okay, so that's one side of it. Now, when it comes to like, you know, uh, inter-school games, you know, the city competition or whatever, any team that wins, you know, gives their school a good reputation because they're wearing the uniform. Now, in the same way, we are God's representative, so we have to be mindful of the things that we do. Because we are representing him. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to pressure ourselves into being perfect. We're never going to be perfect, okay, until we are with God face to face, until we are enjoying heaven with Jesus. That will be perfect by then. But until then, while we're here on earth, you know, we may stumble and fall. But the important thing is we get up, we try again. 
Not in our own strength. We can't do it in our own strength. Only in God's strength. I always say that. Always in God's strength. If you're down, you get up, try again. Jesus, forgive me. Help me to try again. Give me the strength to do this again. That's the important part. And my dogs are barking. <laughs> that means somebody's home. Anyway, so where was I? Okay, so so we, much in the same way, we are God's representatives. Again, we that, this doesn't mean that we are to pressure ourselves into being perfect. We are never going to be perfect. Our job is to keep trying. Okay, asking God, drawing strength from God. Keep asking Him, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. We are representing Him. Let's be mindful of that. Okay, now, um, last verse, Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. Okay, now, if you read that, okay, look at that. Just, just read, think about that. Caesar's, give back to Caesar's what is Caesar's, God, what is God's. Think about it. We are gods. God made the whole earth. God made everything in it. God made us. That means everything belongs to God. Okay. So whatever Caesar's stuff are, okay, that is also God's. Whatever Caesar owns, whatever the rem... I was going to say Roman Empire. I said Rempire. Something is wrong with my speech today. It must be the rain, you know. It seldom rains in, in Southern California. And when it rains, we're all bundled up, as you can see. You know, so I'm blaming the rain for this. So everything the Roman Empire has also belongs to God. So when Jesus says here, Caesars give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, it's basically saying, well, hey, yeah, give to Caesar. Basically, if you give to Caesar, you're giving back to him anyway. You, you guys get it? Now, <laughs> a lot of us don't like the IRS, okay? A lot, of, a lot of us are not big fans of IRS. I'm not saying that I'm not, okay? Uh, this is a public video. <laughs> um, for our international viewers, the IRS is the International Revenue Service. Um, it's basically who we pay taxes to, the U.S. government. Okay, every year we file our taxes, pay our taxes. Um, I know we're not big fans of them sometimes, Okay, but remember this, the money you're giving to the IRS, that belongs to God too. Okay, so when you're paying your taxes, just think, you know what, this is my duty, I am to do this, I'm giving back to the Lord too. The Lord has given me an awesome income, he has blessed me with this income, and it's only right that I give this back to the, to the government because I'm at the same time giving it back to God. Okay, so, you know, instead of us thinking, oh, I got to pay my taxes and, uh, you know, just think of it. You know what? God blessed me, you know, and now this responsibility has given me to pay my taxes to to the government. I will do it because it is God's. I'm letting that go. Okay. And watch and see. God will continue to bless you more. Now, so today, just to sum up everything we talked about, some takeaways that we we had today. By the way, I forgot to mention, you can find the same passage in Mark 12, 13 to 17, and Luke 20, 20 to 26. Okay, so the takeaways we had today was we bear the image of God, and so we belong to Him. We owe our lives to Him and need to give back to Him, not just in tithes, although that's an important part of it, but also in the talents and gifts He has given us. We are God's representatives here on earth. 
Let's be mindful about what we do. We're never going to be perfect. We need God's strength. Our part is we need to get up. And even in that getting up part, we still need God's strength. Okay? And the third takeaway we have for this is everything that we are and everything around us belongs to God. And so with that, um, wraps up our weekly study today. I know I went overtime again, you know. Uh, I'm trying my best not to go overtime, but uh, I did again. <laughs> But anyway, um, let's uh, let's close in prayer. Uh, I hope you guys learned something. Okay, so let's close in prayer. Father God, thank you, Lord, for for uh, a wonderful time again of learning uh, uh, your word. Father God, thank you for always uh, giving us wisdom. Thank you that you have uh, given us your image and you have written your inscription in our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us the strength to live as representatives of you. Father God, thank you for making us realize that everything around us belongs to you. Everything, everything, all our responsibilities, everything belongs to you. Our finances, our relationships, our careers, Lord God, our bodies, Lord, it all belongs to you, Lord God. And we, we are very thankful that you're blessing us so that we can give back to you as well, Lord God. Father God, we pray for another week, Lord God. We pray for the rest of the week. Please guide us, Lord God, with with your wisdom help us with with decision making lord god at our jobs with our families relationships or god friendships lord help us lord god to be good representatives of you lord god in the mighty mighty name of jesus we pray amen all right so i'll see you guys next week same time same place um if you are not yet on uh on the two or three app please join the join me on the two or three app um, just download it. It's available on Android and iPhone. Um, search me on the two or three app. It's Veds Alado. I will be there. Um, podcast. I will be putting the link of the podcast as well here. And on the podcast, I'll put the link of the YouTube uh, over there together with the PDF notes. Again, your PDF notes are free for download right there. I wrote them all down there for you. And I will see you guys next week. Take care. God bless.